Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. We've been out for a little while as I've struggled with a little bit of sickness here and there and some just the uh, sometimes my real life gets in the way of my podcasting life. And so, uh, but we are back today and uh, back with me today uh, for the, well, not back with me today, um, but for the very first time on our podcast, um, Dan Denger, welcome to uh, the Basic Bible Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And so Dan, tell us a little bit about what you do. We're going to be talking about voting today. And uh, the title of our podcast is Should Christians Vote? And spoiler alert, the answer is yes. Um, just in case anyone was waiting with deep suspense here. But Dan, tell us a little bit about what you do uh, with Wisconsin Family Council and specifically uh your 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 ministry with uh, the church ambassador network yeah yeah so i work for wisconsin family council so we um, exist to strengthen preserve and promote marriage family life and religious liberty throughout the state of wisconsin um, but i have a very unique role as the director of the church ambassador network you'll see to my background and also my coffee mug that i have for the morning if it comes through there it is uh, but the church ambassador network is a, a unique idea it's in 15 states that have family policy councils like Wisconsin Family Council. But with the Church Ambassador Network, our heart is to connect the pastors, the shepherds of the church, to the shepherds of the state who are governing authorities, elected officials, for the advancement of the gospel. And so we're not there to meet with them to say, hey, vote um, yes on Assembly Bill 45 or to vote no on Senate Bill 24, um, but we, we're there to minister to them. And so we minister in three ways. So the first way we minister is to the person. Um, sometimes as elected officials, they have really rough roles. Maybe something will come up in a family. Maybe um, they'll have someone that will be attacking them for a position that they have. And they just need a pastor to come alongside them and just pray with them to, to minister to them as an individual, as a person made in the image of God, and sometimes as a Christian. Um, the second way we uh, minister to them is um, as a shepherd. So we take the word of God in every meeting we have, we take scripture and we encourage them with that scripture. And so for some legislators, um, we might see a really servant heart that they have. And so we'll take out Philippians 2 and point them to the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. Now he's the ultimate servant leader. And the last way that we minister is as a community partner. Churches around the state of Wisconsin are doing amazing things when it comes to human trafficking prevention, addictions ministry, foster care. And we want to highlight those sorts of ministries that are nonpartisan and non-political in nature so that the church can serve the state. And so in that role, there is a little bit when it comes to elections, we like to say 85% of the work we do is more of the ministry we do at the Capitol. However, you can't disconnect ministry and ministering to those that are in elected office without also talking about voting. So about 15% of the time we we do elections and voting. And, and right now in this season, as we get close to November 8th, next Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, um, we are in that election season. Okay, so you confused me for a second because it sounds like you're treating lawmakers and elected officials as if they're actual human beings. Yeah. Made in the image of God. Yeah. That's that's an incredible uh, concept here because we don't uh, we don't I think when we get to election season we um, we miss that idea and yeah. um, we we think of people as merely uh, the enemy we think of people as uh, certain politicians as that's um, that's 
that person is just a vile, wretched, uh, horrible, uh, maybe not even a human being. And so we can throw all sorts of mud at them and all this stuff. But you're saying you actually take and, and just to be clear, you're not just talking about one party over the other. Um, you're trying to minister to to the soul and to the heart of, of anyone who, who takes that elected office up there in Madison. Yeah, so the way that we would read Romans 13 is that God has uniquely called and has equipped um, all governing authorities. So anyone in elected office, um, regardless of if my beliefs match theirs, if I would have voted for them or not, God has uniquely called them to that role. Yeah. And First Timothy 2 says that it's not just a suggestion, but it's a command that Christians pray for those that are governing over them. Right. So it's regardless of party. Um, there, I've been reading a book, Kingdom Politics. This is a really good book by Tony Evans. Let's see if it comes mm. through. There it is. There it is. But Kingdom Politics, Tony Evans presents a very unique idea. And this idea is that as Christians, we shouldn't look at it as I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat, but we should view it as I'm a kingdom independent. Mm. And I view things through being a Christian that is ultimately in the kingdom of heaven, but as well as a citizen on earth. It's right. so my duty when it comes to voting, my duty when it comes to um, everything I do in the political realm is as a kingdom independent first. And Kevin, what you bring up as well, I think it's really um, a really good point when it comes to the mudslinging that's thrown around. I've been reading a book. I feel bad because I'm only three chapters and I forgot the name of it, but it's basically this idea of um, putting down the elephant or the donkey when it comes to tribalism yeah. and to follow the lamb. And it's just been really helpful to, to read through and to, and to um, analyze even some of my own faults I've had in my own past, but also how can we as Christians not be tribal? How can we not alienate people just because they may have a different worldview or perspective away from the gospel and that we can be focused on the gospel, um, not compromising on what the word of God says, but in a way that we can reach out and minister to whoever God provides opportunity. Yeah. So. That allows you being kingdom independent allows you a to speak truth to both sides and B to, again, as you just mentioned, to love and minister to people on both sides. Um, so I, I, that's, I think that's exactly right on. Um, but you mentioned November 8th, we're coming right up on that. And I'm going to be posting this podcast tonight, which I normally don't do. And by the way, if you're, if you're going <laughs> to, I should mention I'm not in the usual studio here today. I'm not in my classroom. I, I played hooky from school today. I apologize uh, if my boss is listening. Um, no, he, he knows about this. Um, and uh, so I'm at home today instead of at the, at, the, at the school where I usually have all of my studio set up and whatnot. Um, but we are right approaching November 8th. We're, we're looking at the election. And the big question we want to tackle is should Christians vote? And obviously, we both agree that, yes, we should vote. Um, but if we're going to be kin kingdom independent, uh, as you just mentioned, should we vote? I mean, should we stay out of this? Uh, you, you know, you mentioned scripture and uh, Second Timothy also tells us that, you know, a, a soldier is not entangled in uh, the affairs of this world, but has, is uh, otherworldly minded. And there are some Christians who take the view that, we shouldn't get involved in all this messy politics stuff because uh, we're not concerned about this kingdom, but the kingdom to come. Yeah. And yeah, that's a, 
a view that is out there. Um, so broadly, I'm going to give a little bit of what I would give a just a very broad theological sure. biblical analysis, and then I'll go through our bulletin insert. We've um, we've encouraged our 2,000 evangelical churches in Wisconsin to use. Um, but the the first aspect is the stewardship mandate, the dominion mandate that we see in Genesis one, and so God calls for um, those that believe in Him for Christians to uh, make an impact in owning. Uh, Abraham Kuyper would refer it as Christ owns every square inch of this world, and so as Christians, we have a duty to make a godly, biblical impact in everything we do. And that does include voting. Um, so that would be Genesis 1, 26 through 28, as well as we see this idea in 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Another aspect we can see is when you go to Colossians 3, 17, and that whatever we do, we do unto the glory of the Lord. And we have um, videos that we've created for churches to use um, for this Sunday at different services if they wish to. And one of the videos that I really appreciate and like is this idea of we worship God at our church service. We worship God in our work. We should also worship God through our vote. And this idea that as Christians in this broader theological concept that we don't just worship God on a Sunday or on a Wednesday or Kevin, for you, you're at a Christian school. We don't just worship God from um, eight to three o'clock when you're in school, but we worship God in every single thing that we do. And I really do appreciate this bulletin insert. I'm going to try to have it highlighted. You can kind of see it. Not really. Um, and then I have a backside too, and you can't And we'll post a link to that. Yeah. But basically it's this idea of, so first off, government was instituted by God. And you brought up a good point, Kevin. I think, unfortunately, a lot of Christians view government in an unbiblical way because they view government as ultimately terrible and corrupt. There's nothing that could ever happen, but God created government for our good as Romans 13 and first Peter two teach us. Um, we had Dr. Wayne Grudem do a, a webcast with us last week with Wisconsin Family Council as well, and he did a really good job of highlighting that. Um, but also, government officials are ministers of God. You might have noticed that in the language I use when talking about the Church Ambassador Network, but Romans 13 specifically calls them ministers for our good. Uh, the third reason we believe Christians should vote is government cannot properly do its job without the church. Government needs the church and the counsel from God's word to remind them of what is good for the people. And also laws matter. We saw this, whether it was through um, Obergefell, um, as well as Roe versus Wade, is that when something is legal, it changes what people's view of morality is. Um, in Wisconsin, thank God that Dobbs overturned Roe versus Wade and made abortion illegal again here in the state. And I serve on a pregnancy center board in my community in the Fond du Lac area. And we're starting to see women come in and say, if it's illegal, there must be something wrong with it. And so laws yeah. do matter in the impact, how we how we act, how the decisions we make. And the last reason we believe that um, you should vote is you get the opportunity to, to choose and make an impact in who represents you. Um, this idea of our, um, our right to vote is a gift from God we see in Matthew 25. Um, so those are just five quick biblical reasons that we believe that you should vote. Um, but it's an aspect, I think, of a broader theology of everything we do glorifies God. Last week, I met with a, a young gentleman from my church that he's in a new job and is trying to understand, and he, he feels like he's not able to glorify God in his work because he can't evangelize um, in his position to every every person that he interacts with because it's a lot of in and out delivery sort of work. But to remind him the aspect of in everything we do, 
we can bring glory to the Lord, whether that's through honor and integrity, through working hard. Um, and it comes the same with voting is that we're not necessarily sharing the gospel by voting, but we are still bringing honor and glory to God um, through that vote. Right. Uh, you know, I, I remember the story years ago. I was sitting in a church service and uh, people know I'm a, I'm a political guy. I've run for office. I'm, I'm very invested in uh, local elections and, and, and government. And we had this man come in. He was a, um, a missionary and his his unique ministry was avionics. And so he would fly into parts of the world where missionaries were in trouble. And, and you know, whether, whether it's a revolution in the country or a medical emergency, he would come in and, and help them out. And uh, he, he preached this message about basically why Christians shouldn't get involved in politics. And everyone's staring at me, of course, at this point. Like, okay, whatever. And so at the end, um, he kind of had a, a Q&A time about just his ministry. And one of the questions was, well, how can we pray for you? And he said, well, you know, right now I'm having a lot of trouble with our state department in our, in our federal government um, and just getting the visas and all the stuff I need to get. I just wish it was easier. And all I could think is, man, wouldn't it be great if we had a Christian in the state department who understood um, what missions was all about and understand the importance of what this guy's doing, but we have to stay out of politics. Oh, well, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. And we're, um, we're going to be come up Wisconsin family council. We do community events um, in all over the state. And, and we, this year we did own your backyard. Yes. And so one of the things we highlighted, we're going to do our 27th one this week. It'll be our last one. But one of the things we highlight is, how when Christians own their backyard, they have those opportunities. I used to serve on the city council in Fond du Lac. And we had a situation that came up where a church wanted to plant in the worst neighborhood in our county. And they wanted to provide free mental health counseling. They wanted to provide food for families. And this is the area that has the worst mental health issues, hmm. the worst um, poverty rate. And they want to come and provide these needs. And the bureaucracy of the zoning laws wouldn't allow them to move in. But because they knew that I was a Christian on the city council, I was able to help change some of those zoning ordinances that were just more cumbersome than realistic and be able to help that Christian ministry. Um, but yeah, there's so many different ways that we can, and it doesn't even have to be a believer with the church ambassador network and Wisconsin family council. Um, we have core values. And one of those core values is we're relationally built. And we move at the speed of relationships. And I know, Kevin, being at your school for the National Day of Prayer, I appreciated that is you understand the importance of not just saying, okay, we're going to have one party here, but you're going to invite anyone that represents the area of the school, regardless if they're Republican or Democrat. And by building those relationships where you don't have this tribal aspect of, oh, I can't go to the Christian school because I might not support school choice. When you get rid of that, there's opportunities where you can see there is common ground in some areas of how we can work together right. to serve our communities. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to, excuse me, I want to circle back a little bit too. And, um, it is important, again, when you, when you consider people as people, not just as politicians, not just as people with an agenda, but you actually want to help people, um, you can actually get things done. Mm -hmm. And you, can, you there, there are some things that we... Uh, you know, if we want to get theological, but we can call it common grace. There are things that we and the secular world can agree upon and work together 
and make changes for good. And what that does is open up relationships and it opens us, opens up opportunities um, so that they can see that we're real people too. And that uh, we do have a genuine love and concern for their soul. And that opens up doors. I've had, I've had opportunities and I, and I know you as well to share the gospel with people that I normally wouldn't be able to even speak to um, because they, they understand these things. Um, and I want to circle back. You mentioned, you know, the idea of worship and we are to worship God, you know, first Corinthians 10 tells us that we are to worship God, no matter what we do, no matter we eat or drink or what we do, do all to the glory of God. And that doesn't end with the music time at our church or the preaching time or the ministry time, but we worship God as we raise our families. We worship God as we um, go about our day, as we go about our work. And yes, that, that involves going into the voting booth. I vote as a Christian because I'm a Christian. I can't, I'm not a Christian in the sense that I do Christian things. Being a Christian is who I am, not merely something I do. And so my faith informs every aspect of my life and every decision that I make, including the one I make in the voting booth. Again, we're, we're coming right up to that election. And so um, you have a uh, kind of a ministry there uh, kind of a campaign that you're getting out to commit people to vote. And specifically, you want to encourage people to honor God with their vote. So how does one honor God with their vote? Yeah, so I want to be very careful as <clears throat> as, a, as a Christian to not create boxes. I, I know many of us have heard th- statements made like, you can't vote if, um, you can't be a Christian if you vote one way, or you can't be a Christian right. if you vote another um, so I'm, I'm always careful to make the gospel the gospel, and that yeah. is um, faith in Christ alone by grace alone. Absolutely. Um, but however, there are there's definitely some things we can look at when voting. Um, so uh, we look at what does Scripture say on the issues of the day. How does Scripture apply to our current context and finding applications? Um, another way is through prayer, um, and so this is my my belief, um, and there's other Christians that may disagree with these. Um, but I, I believe when it comes to the biblical issues of what matters for our day are issues of promoting marriage. So the idea of a man and a woman um, for a lifetime, um, I believe that God's word promotes the family. And so policies that would promote the family unit. Um, I also believe that the word of God promotes life. And so policies that would protect the unborn as well as, as others. Um, and with that, my friend um, Josh Hirschberger in Indiana has my role. He wrote a book on the um, the four kind of areas where we can be biblical citizens. He adds to there as well racial reconciliation. And so some of us may define racial reconciliation mm-hmm. different than others. Um, but at a minimum, as Christians, we should hold to the idea of that we're neither um, Jew nor Greek, that we, we'd at least have a level playing field um, for all regardless of race. Um, and then another aspect I would say is religious liberty as an important biblical aspect for us to look at so we can continue to be able to share the gospel freely. And that's really important. And you mentioned, wow, um, racial reconciliation, which, you know, we, we sometimes we're afraid to talk about because that's woke. You can't, you can't mention that that's woke and you can't. Um, and sometimes there's an overreaction we have um, in, in, in political arena. That's one of the, in, in the political arena. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important that my faith informs my view, not just hysteria, not just a reaction to my political party's talking points, 
but I'm going to pray about this. I want to th- think about this. I want to seek God's will in these in these areas. And sometimes there is a there are again. Yeah, I'm very passionate about the issue of life. I am I am convinced through Scripture. I'm convinced through reason and science that life begins at conception, and that life in the womb is just that life. And I want to defend it and 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 support that. To me, that's not a political position. Um, that's a that's an issue of morality. Same with racial reconciliation. I, I do believe that God wants us to come together and wants us to treat each other with uh, the the idea that we are all image bearers of God and deserve dignity, respect, and uh, have value and worth that are that's intrinsic to being a human. And and so, whatever it is the issue is, yes, I, I want my faith to inform that issues of the family. Family is absolutely important for our. Uh, not just our faith, but the foundation of our entire society rests on the importance of, of family. And so, you know, I, I hope no one's listening to this, as you said before, thinking, okay, well, to honor God with my vote means I vote with this particular party or this particular group, but I am personally taking the time, I'm searching scripture, I'm I'm searching God's will in prayer, and I'm trying to be informed on issues. So as we come up to, again, we're just one week away from the election. Some of you may have already voted. Some of you may be voting early. So Dan, what, what recommendations do you have for people who, are, who haven't voted yet? Um, and they've, maybe they've got a sample ballot in front of them. What do they do? Yeah, so there's a, a couple things that I would recommend. So um, for one, we have a voter information publication for the Wisconsin Family Council. You might not be able to see it perfectly if I look through, but Basically, it shows, and I think, um, and I believe we did a really good job of showing where do the candidates actually stand without pushing. A lot of times, some of those guides can be um, really pushy, but it's really an information publication that shows here's where candidates stand on a multitude of issues that matter to to the majority of people. And it it's actual quotes from them. And I feel like either candidate, either political party um, through those would feel comfortable with those statements. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we have for U.S. Senate, um, we have the um, uh, the governor's race as well as the attorney general race here in Wisconsin. Another resource I recommend as well is iVoterGuide. Um, so we we don't run iVoterGuide with Wisconsin Family Council, but iVoterGuide is a Christian voter guide um, that's really focused on looking at Christian biblical values, um, but is really focused too on how do we make sure that we don't uh, defame individuals that are running for office and we're actually holding to their true positions mm. of what they would say they are, but as well as what their histories might be of actually living uh, those out. And so I think iVoterGuide is very fair when it comes to that as well. Um, they're very intentional to make sure that it's a very um, fair process that's very um, guideline specific and not politic- politicized in that realm. Um, but also another easy way is to go to those candidates' websites in this day and age Anyone running for a partisan office in Wisconsin probably has a website. Right. Um, and so what's what's on the ballot? Let's just go through the list. So we have um, U.S. Senate at the top. Um, then we have governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, state treasurer, secretary of state, 99 state assembly offices. We have 17 state Senate offices. Um, and then we have every sheriff. Uh, in the state of Wisconsin, every county sheriff is elected. Right. Um, and then there's always different um, uh, municipalities or school boards might have referendums as well. Um, so 
Um, look at their websites if you can. And if you're wondering what's on your ballot or where do I even vote, um, redistricting happened this past year. And I had a friend that wanted to vote in an election and that we had a special election in June in my county after our county exec died. And they didn't know where to vote because it changed the voting location changed with redistricting. So if you go to myvote.wi.gov, that again is myvote.wi.gov, you can type in your address and you can find out where do you vote and as well as what's on your ballot. And from there, you can go from to Facebook, websites, other ways to, to figure out where do those candidates stand on the issues. And then as well, remember to go back, what does scripture say when you're evaluating these candidates? And then also spend time in prayer. Don't just haphazardly go and say, all right, this is who I'm going for because they have party X or party Y, but really spend time praying and seeking God's will um, that you can honor God with that vote. And the only thing I would add is also, don't be afraid to talk to these people. Come out. And, you know, uh, right now uh, we're in kind of a swing area here in Wisconsin. Dan, you mentioned that uh, there's a lot of money being spent on our local uh, assembly campaign. These guys are out there. They're hitting the streets. They're knocking on doors. They're having rallies. I've been to several already. And, um, you know, you can talk to these people. In fact, as I always tell people, as, as we, we live in a representative form of government, and that doesn't work unless people hear from us, unless people know what they're representing. And so it's good for you to make your views and what you're passionate known uh, to these people, but also ask them questions. Um, and if they duck the question, you know, oh, maybe that's maybe that's not a good or uh, maybe they're going to surprise you with with something. So um, show up at one of these uh, some of these rallies or some of these um, information uh, sessions, things like that. Um, you can you can be involved. I, I urge my every year uh, around election time, we have our students fill out a ballot and uh, they have a homework assignment. They have to do their research. They have to explain what each candidate where each candidate stands. Uh, why they would vote and why uh, they'd vote for a particular candidate and give me an explanation. Um, if they can do it, you can do it. We, we live in the age of information. You can vote in an informed way. And we'll have all those links uh, that we just mentioned uh, on our website and, and our show notes that you can check out. Uh, there's no there's no reason why you, you can't cast informed vote. <clears throat> yeah, and with that too, sorry, I got a cough quick. Um, with that too, there's definitely an area where like we can't, if I call up Tony Evers or Tim Michaels running for governor or Ron Johnson or Mandela Barnes, I'm probably not going to get a hold of them. But especially when you're talking about that, um, oh, I, another seats, all the seats I forgot was as well for Congress, all eight seats we have in Wisconsin. But um, even like my congressman's pretty good. If I call up my congressman, he will answer and answer any questions I have. Um, your state Senate candidates, your state assembly candidates, and at the closer you get to local level, the more opportunities you do have to really reach out to them and get to know where they stand on the issues. And they do really appreciate that going um, in the long run as you can build relationships yeah. and build ways to find opportunities for you to serve the community with um, one another for the community's good. So we're going to have all those links on our website. Our, our time is up. Dan, thank you for, for joining us. I hope you'll come back sometime. And, and chat some more. Um, I'm also going to post a link to uh, Wisconsin Family Council and to one of their new projects, uh, Commit to Vote Wisconsin. We'll have a link to that as well. So don't forget to get out and vote if you haven't already. Again, you can vote informed, pray about it, 
search the scriptures, pray for God's will, and make the best choice that uh, with the mind that God has given you. And so, again, um, check us out at www.basicbiblepodcast.org, where you can find all of our previous episodes. You can find all the uh, links and whatnot we mentioned here. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, our Facebook group, and on Twitter and Instagram at Basic Biblecast. In the Facebook group, Ray has begun his, his blogging again. He's going through the book of Matthew. And so if you've been missing that, uh, that is now back. And if you've been missing this podcast, we've been gone for about two weeks or so, it is back as well. So come back next week and we'll have a great program. In fact, we're going to be airing an um, interview about uh, a great new book on the book of of uh, excuse me, the life of Joseph. I almost said the book of Joseph. Wow. Um, it's a book about the life of Joseph by my friend Evangelist Scott Polly, who's been on the podcast uh, before. And so um, my cat is now in the witness. That's the disadvantage <laughs> of recording at home. So anyway, uh, have a great rest of your week.